Welcome, listeners, to a podcast that seeks to ignite the flames of inspiration and empowerment within the ServiceNow community. I'm Farah Wells, your host and the director of Linking Humans, the number one global partner for ServiceNow recruitment. Join us on this journey as we venture deep into the world of ServiceNow leaders, discover the very essence of their motivations and the unique mindset that paved the way for their remarkable success. Okay, so hey, welcome back everybody and I have got the most extraordinary guest today. I'm so, so excited. It is Chuck Tomasi and for anybody that doesn't know Chuck, now he is a senior developer advocate at ServiceNow. He creates content and build community. He's very, very famous and known for his bow tie. <laughs> and he's been using and building on the ServiceNow platform since 2008. He also produces three podcasts and is the co-author of Podcasting for Dummies. So Chuck, welcome to the show. I'm so excited. Oh, thank you so much. It's great to be here. I've been listening to your your other episodes that you've had and uh, it is it is an honor to be among such company. Oh, you know, the honor is all mine. I'm, you know, when we met at the uh, ServiceNow London Forum, I was like from a background of, oh my God, that's Chuck. He's a celebrity. I must get my selfie with him. So I'm, uh, I'm sure you had that a lot. But uh, do you know what? I, ha- I have to ask you, you know, um, you are so well known. Like you are such a recognized figure within the ServiceNow community. Like how does it feel being like a, oh, but it is a mini celebrity. How does it feel for you? you i i feel honored and blessed that you know that that this has happened to me uh but it carries a responsibility with it as well Uh, i recognize that you know i have to constantly be aware of what i represent and how i represent it so it's you know it's a mixed blessing there but i love the the accolades and whatnot that people say oh your video has helped me so much etc uh, that that's really the motivators we'll discuss later. It, it 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 keeps me going. However, unlike you know big Hollywood celebrities or something, I could still go to the grocery store and nobody <laughs> recognizes me. I have a normal life outside of service now, but that week at knowledge, that's that's a taste of of you know what Ryan Reynolds would get, for example, right. on Sunday. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's it. I mean, yeah, you know, I'm sure uh, in Vegas, you know, trying to go down to grab some milk, everyone would be like, oh my God, it's Chuck. You know, <laughs> I'm we're, sure you go out and disguise. We're on a plan to make that easier at, at the next now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, well, look, I, I, you know, I think for anybody that doesn't know you, right? So let's say somebody who's new to the industry and service now, someone who's literally just completed the sure. next gen program. Can you just share your background journey? You know, how you first got introduced to service now and, and how you've become the Chuck Tomasi of today? Sure. I've got to rewind the clock a little bit. I, I was, I got interested in computers when I was in high school in the early 80s. So I've just given away my age. Uh, went to college after that to get a computer science degree and a wife. <laughs> that, that was a <laughs> we, we met in college. Uh, I, I started with and worked for the same company for 22 years as a software developer, as a Unix administrator. I uh, started building my own ticketing system to track our IT incidents when the web came about. 
Uh, I was an IT project manager, an IT manager, and my final role was as the global service desk manager when we brought in ServiceNow in 2008. Uh, it, it happened when our company decided to repatriate the help desk and consolidate, uh, I think it was four disparate ticketing systems, none of which talked to each other. And I raised my hand and everybody thought I was crazy. Like, you want to be a help desk manager? I said, oh, this is an opportunity. You, you, it's like a distressed home that I can fix up. Uh, and I did it simply by starting a Google search looking for help desk software. ServiceNow was one of the options that came up. And uh, I should say more appropriately, back then it was service-now.com. That was like the website and everything, orange checkmark and all. Uh, well, I uh, always had a, a programming project in my my desk or my back pocket, as I like to say. Uh, I got to back up just a little bit to 2004 because that's when I started podcasting. We mentioned podcasting for dummies, et cetera. Uh, I thought I would just try it out and explore. And if my count is right, I was podcast number 50 in the world. So that, wow. That's you know pretty early stuff. And still continuing to this day in one shape, form, or another. Uh, it, back to 2008, uh, I was asked to co-author the second edition of Podcasting for Dummies. And that came about because I was volunteering my time writing for a podcast magazine. And the other co-author, T. Morris, he saw my work and knew it and uh, needed a co-author for the second edition because the first edition decided to step back. Uh, still a good friend of mine, Evo Terra. Uh, lives here in Phoenix with me. And uh, you fast forward to today, late 2023, and T and I have just been contracted to write the fifth edition of the book. So I, like I don't have enough work to do already. Yeah. <laughs> uh, back to the day job and the ServiceNow journey that you asked about. Uh, we initially did a partial ITSM implementation of incident knowledge and catalog in about 42 days. From the time I went to admin training to the time we did a go live was was just over a month. And I spent the next year planning, building, refining, and tracking. And I was fortunate enough to go to Knowledge 10 and won the first Innovation of the Year Award, which hangs proudly over my left shoulder. Uh, keep that on the screen just to remember humble beginnings, et cetera. <laughs> yeah. uh, I was amazed by the people that were there. I uh, started up a conversation with Gail, uh, who sat right in front of me at the at the lock note. And she said she was interested in this application that I'd created. Uh, also talked to a gentleman by the name of Wade, who was one of our partners, and he was going to implement problem and change management. Well, the week after I had returned, I'm putting together my Monday morning reports, and I was called into the conference room right next to my office. And there was the HR girl, and you don't need to you know, you do your stretch of imagination to know this is the end of your job here after 22 oh, no. years. Now, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, why I was let go, whether it was financial, political, whatever, I don't know. And frankly, I don't care. Uh, that, that was a good life. I leave it behind. It was great experience. However, within hours, because of those two contacts I made, I had job leads from Gail and Wade within hours of being dismissed. I was sent home, you know, uh, I'll get into the details some other time, but in three weeks, I had an offer from ServiceNow as a technical consultant doing discovery deployments. Don't ask me how I went from ITSM to discovery, but they saw something on my resume that spoke to that role better than just a you know, standard ITSM consultant. Uh, I did that for about six months, and then I was part of two large ITSM implementations where I got uh, 
change management. In fact, I met some of these people in New York. They they came up and said, hi, remember me? I'm from the, you know, blah, blah, blah company. I went, oh my gosh, <laughs> A, you're still around, thank goodness. And B, you remember, you know, me and we, I said, our engagement manager's right over there at the next booth. Go say hi to John. So it was it was kind of a mini reunion. And I love going to these events for that reason. Uh, about two years later, after I joined ServiceNow, uh, I joined a team called Expert Services. These were sort of the, well, experts in professional services. When you needed to go a little bit above and beyond, there was a custom implementation or a custom application. Uh, now they call professional services customer outcomes if anybody's playing the bingo game at home. Uh, <laughs> that's about when I started the TechNow webinars in, in early 2013, which are now over 10 years old. Happy that they're still around. Very popular. Bring lots of people wonderful information. And that's also about the time I started wearing the bow tie. Uh, from there, I went to professional services enablement, which is a fancy word of saying internal training for a couple of years to help the new technical consultants, engagement managers, business process consultants get up to speed. Uh, then I did about 18 months as a pre-sales solution consultant for the platform team. Very similar to what I was doing in expert services, but this was a pre-sales, hey, can you help me show me what, what this solution might look like? And in 2017, I came over to marketing, even though I have no marketing background other than pure dumb luck instinct as a senior technical product marketing manager, which I shortened to senior TPMM, where I made demos for events, the analysts like Gartner and Forrester, our executive briefing center meetings and so on. Uh, and along with making those demos, I was also a developer advocate slash evangelist. And as part of this transition, uh, marketing started helping with the campaigns and we saw tremendous growth in the Tech Now webinars. What once was we were lucky to get 100 live viewers on, on, I think it was Google Hangouts at the time. We've now got a new platform with the campaigns team helping us. And we're getting hundreds and thousands of people on these things. I went, wow, that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, in 2018, I was finally able to focus exclusively on content and community, as we mentioned earlier, as a developer advocate. So we had another person take over the TPMM roles. Wonderful guy, still at it today. In fact, I think he just recently got a promotion. So maybe maybe I should have taken that path. I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's that's a lot of how I navigated this path. It was it was often doing the role before I got it. It was it was going above and beyond for the current role. Participating in the community led to the uh, advocacy. For example, it was it was getting ready for the next role, but I didn't even know I was just following my interest and in doing what I love. And they said, hey, I think you might got a job for that. So it was very, uh, very advantageous, very fortunate that I got that. So my one tip uh, for your listeners and viewers is show that you can do a role before you get called to do it. I've heard this all the time from directors, VPs, senior vice presidents, executive vice presidents. You have to show that you can do that before you actually get it. Not, they don't hire you and go, no, go figure it out. Uh, I was just lucky enough to have people recognize what I was doing and decided they needed someone to do more of that. And now I've been fortunate enough to MC keynotes, something that I've wanted to do since 2010. Podcast is part of my day job. That started out as a hobby that I did for just fun and, and even set the strategy for our developer relations and more. In fact, last week, 
uh, I was asked by one of our uh, C-suite to discuss some ideas on our ServiceNow user groups, our snugs. And, and I was honored that he just went, hey, I'd like your ideas on this. I'm like, wow, the big people upstairs, you know, they, I, they knew who I am from, from the bow tie and my antics and whatnot. But just to, to think of me as that thought leader for that was uh, certainly uh, humbling. Uh, you, you've asked earlier, how have I achieved such great success? And I'll be honest, this is mostly accident and in- intuition. <laughs> like I said, I've, I've, I, I followed my interests. Uh, I get a lot of help from my family. My wife supports me tremendously. I get a lot of help from ServiceNow, the team members around me to support my crazy ideas. I, what, what used to be at my old job, getting, getting rid up on, written up on those annual reviews that says lacks professionalism or needs a little work here. This is, this is you know, requirement. This is, this is table stakes. Now throw your crazy ideas out there. Try them out and see if they work. Give us that energy. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to be able to explore ideas do what I love and work for an organization that finds value in that. Yeah, that's, oh, wow. That's so incredible, Chuck. It really is. And and just hearing how you've navigated, and I just, I really love that idea about, it's almost like uh, manifesting, right? It's like you're manifesting the role above you. So I'm going to act as if, you know, and in, 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 as if I'm in that role. And I think that would be so helpful. And, you know, I think that really comes down to mindset, right? It's so you've kind of developed that mindset uh, and that attitude yeah. as well. And how did you kind of develop it? Like, how did you get the confidence to go, you know what, even if you don't know it's a role that you're going to go into, but to be able to have the confidence to kind of go, I'm going to go above and beyond without thinking I'm stepping on someone else's shoes. Like, how did you develop that kind of mindset? It's, it's tricky because one of the hardest career questions anybody ever asks you is where do you want to be in three to five years? I've never aspired to be CIO or anything. Uh, I want to do what I love. So what I, what I always answer, and it took a long time to figure out this answer, and it'll be different for everybody. But mine is, I want to be able to explore. I want to be able to do what I love. I want to be challenged in that role. Uh, I want to serve the community and our, whether it's our customers, our partners, our employees to, to their satisfaction as well. So I know it's kind of a generic answer and it could fit a lot of roles, but that's what I like doing. It, it wasn't always about getting that vertical promotion to manager, director, VP. Frankly, I don't know. I've had managerial roles before. As I mentioned, I was the service desk manager. Uh, I was given some leadership at ServiceNow in the past. I love it. It's a different kind of satisfaction. But it's, it, 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 it's not my wheelhouse. You can be yeah. an effective leader without being a manager, director, and so on. Mm, absolutely. And, and I suppose that you're, you're a leader to, to mass because you're so inspirational. People look up to you and, you know, they, they look to you for guidance, you know, and I think yeah. that's, you could be a leader to, to a community and, and have a following. So, which is brilliant. And, you know, all, all throughout your career, what role have you enjoyed the most? If you had to kind of go, well, you know what, this is the part I really love doing. Like, what, what would that be for you, Chuck? This one. I am having yeah. the time of my life. I feel like I am at the pinnacle of my career. It is the best of all worlds. I can leverage everything in my tool bag, going back to my high school basic electricity class to college programming and analytics, it, 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 plus all of the content generation and the community, meeting people, being on a keynote stage. I, I, I'm having a hard time going, what's next? But I'm sure yeah. it will find me because 
every time you know the role either didn't exist a year before or yeah, I I don't know. And you know, just as long as I can keep doing what I enjoy, I'm having a blast. Okay, brilliant. So so Chuck, um, so can you describe like the mindset or attitude that has been instrumental in your journey to the top? Um, how did it develop and how do you maintain it? Yeah, I've been listening to your recent episodes, as I mentioned earlier, and I suspect some of these answers are going to sound familiar from here on out. But I, I recently heard an adage that just rang a bell with me. Uh, it said, the first one third of your career is to prepare. The next one third is to produce. And finally, that last one third is to pass along that knowledge and skills. And my early mindset was to explore and find what my interests were. I'm into things like podcasting and Unix administration and whatnot. I nurtured uh, the interest in software development with pet projects like that ticketing system that I built at work. I explored Unix systems that I administered to hone my craft in Unix administration and, and running a dial-up Unix bulletin board system at home for years, which also played into the community aspect. Uh, I started teaching programming to adults at a local community college. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, I, I started the podcasting and those really prove valuable throughout the next 20 years. So my mindset for the last 10 to 15 years has been to learn, share and change lives. It even says so on my website. Uh, I find learning challenging and fun. There's always something new to learn, especially with the ServiceNow platform. Uh, as, as new features are released, I feel like uh, a homeowner walking through one of the DIY stores asking myself, ooh, what can I build with that? Or how can I, how can that make my life even better or faster? Uh, I, I think that's pretty typical of the developer mindset. I, I, I find sharing as a responsibility and it, it doesn't matter if you're the smartest person in the room, if nobody knows about it. You know, you've probably all heard, it's not what you know, it's who you know. My version two of that is, it's who knows what you know, because it doesn't matter that I know you, you know, Farah, but if you don't know what I know, that doesn't do me any good. And it certainly doesn't do you any good. So share what you know, help others grow, build your name and brand in that community. Also celebrate your wins. When you get something done, you put it on social media. I finished this project. I learned this thing. Here's a quick tip. Don't think of this as egotistical. It's just flat out good career advice to put your name out there. Uh, when I hear that someone watched the videos I've done and passed a certification, that's very rewarding. So prepare, produce, and pass along. Learn, share, and change lives. And the the, the second part of that was, how did it develop? Well, I'm, I'm trying to keep this short for you, but there's a lot of information here. I come <laughs> from a family of nine kids and two wonderful parents. They are the basis for how I started and who I am. My mom and dad showed us and exposed us to great customer service. I've, again, I've got lots of stories, but I won't go into many of them here. Some of them involve uh, you know, heckling customers or playing practical jokes on them, but I don't do that anymore at service. Well, I'll try not to do that at service now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I, I've literally been collecting a paycheck since I was 10 years old, working for my father. And uh, I've had at least one and often two jobs. This is, this is still happening if you think about the the podcasting gig and uh, service now and many other things. My parents really did an amazing job. And uh, you also asked me how I maintain it. And that comes back to that reward section. Uh, 
I just finished up four weeks on the road with our World Forum events, and I met so many terrific people. Many expressed how much they love my videos and how they've helped them, and I truly, truly appreciate them saying that. Uh, that's the kind of thing that gets me out of bed in the morning. Yeah, yeah, that's incredible, that is. Yeah, absolutely. And and for anybody that wants to aspire to be, you know, like you and, and to share and, and to give back, you know, where should they share this kind of content? Like where can they, how can they let others know? Great question. And and I'll give you my journey on how I discovered that. Uh, I, I As I was doing these implementations for customers, even prior to that, when I was, when I, when I was a customer, I would discover something. I make a little note, keep it in Evernote or OneNote or even just a notebook. Mm. Just jot these things down. They'll be referenced for you later. And it also helps to cement it in your head so you don't forget. What was that thing I did on that client script? I don't remember. Uh, what was that magic keystroke? So just by uh, writing it down. And then I've discovered a collection of these might make a good post or even just one. Hey, did you know? A quick short video. The, the, the blog posts turned into videos, the videos and podcasts. So it sort of grew out of that collection of information go why am i collecting this and not sharing it i think everybody should know about this and uh, i'm still reminded of things that uh, i had learned and forgot to share my son-in-law did this to me a few weeks ago he said did you know about the javascript executor you know for executing client-side code i said yeah i did and i also remember it's not very well documented <laughs> so i'm going to make the next did you know video <laughs> but yeah. it, it, it's 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 all around us just social media is a great tool for getting your name out there without sounding bragful and boastful. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I think, you know, even throughout your whole career, you know, you've had to, you know, you've had to build resilience, right? So it's essential in navigating the ups and downs of, a, you know, of a challenging industry. How have you built resilience, Chuck? And what strategies do you employ to bounce back from setbacks? So, First, I agree. Resilience is terribly important. You can't let yourself get dragged down by one comment or one bad experience or a failed project. I'm going to go along with James from your recent episode and agree with routine. Uh, I, I think it's very important, especially as we work from home, to have that routine. You get up in the morning and you do your routine and then you get to your desk and you, you clean the inbox first, whatever your routine is. One difference between him doing his daily review in the evening is I prefer to review my calendar and tasks first thing in the morning because I realize things change. We're in a global economy. Emails come in and go, you've got a new appointment or let's cancel this project. So reviewing it the night before may leave me exposed in the morning. And I know it even changes during the day. It, it's 8 a.m. I think I have a 10 a.m. appointment. Somebody moves it to the next day. That's fine. You know, you keep up with those as you go. But I review mine in the morning. And when when things do go Pear-shaped. I love that phrase, by the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or, or off the rails, if you prefer. Uh, I'm going to point back to my dad again. Because when I was growing up, if I did something that didn't work out in the way that I expected, uh, we always did kind of a retrospective. My, my dad would always say, what did we learn from this? And, and you can do this in good situations and bad situations. It doesn't matter. Uh, my brothers and sisters, we still joke about this today. Uh, we all got the same lesson. What did we learn from this? <laughs> it's just, it's a fun thing to say, but it's so valuable. You know, I've had some disappointments along the way, like a project that missed budget or went overdue, but I always look at it and, and get myself out of that hole going, oh, I feel really bad about that. Uh, you know, I just want to 
curl up with a bucket of ice cream or something. Uh, <laughs> but by by looking at it and going, what did we learn? How can I avoid this in the future? Doing a retrospective is 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 always helpful. Uh, you know, I mentioned even even good situations. I had one yesterday. I, I review those conversations, like James said earlier. Uh, we had a letter, a postal letter that was misdelivered, and I looked on the map and I even walked around the neighborhood and said, "This number doesn't exist." Uh, it, the 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 street ends about two houses before this number should appear. So my wife looked up on the internet and found that you know this is a real person that lives at the it ends in four zero instead of four eight. They're on twenty second Street instead of twentieth Street. So how it got to our house, I don't know. But I wanted to deliver this back to them. Well, she looked it up. She even showed me a picture. And yesterday I went out for my morning walk, and there's the gentleman loading up his car. And I said, oh, wow. I think I got your your letter. And I handed it to him. And as I was walking away, I said, I never forgot to say. I forgot to ask, are you Paul? <laughs> I just gave it to some guy who looked like a picture. Could have been his brother. I don't know. But just doing that quick review going, how did that interaction go? And what are the takeaways from that? I should have asked for his name first. Lesson for the future. That's called experience. Yeah. And and one of my favorite phrases that I, I, I remember from an old, old email signature is experience is the comb that life gives you after you've lost all your hair. <laughs> that is great. I love that. I'm going to ha- I'm going to keep that as my motto. <laughs> that's incredible. So, oh, that's amazing. And you know what, just just talking about your dad, you know, I think it's it's just really lovely and and you know, it's almost like he's someone that you've looked up to, right? It's, Absolutely. Uh, and, I, and I believe yeah, and I believe, you know, even in a work situation, right? Everyone has mentors, you know, everyone has someone that yep. they have guidance that's played in their sort of career progression. Have you had any role models yourself, Chuck, that have influenced your journey? I have. I am a firm believer in mentorship and coaching. And unfortunately, like most, I don't seek it out as often as I should. It is a powerful accelerator. Uh, my trigger is usually when I feel like I'm in over my head in a new subject or a role or uh, trying to line up that next role or promotion I'm interested in. I have had the honor of having some amazing mentors who have quite literally transformed my career. Uh, when I was first brought on to the uh, corporate team to repatriate the the service desk at our last company, I reached out to a woman named Nancy. She was highly recommended, a colleague from another local area company, and she had like 15 or 20 years experience. Uh, when I was made an acting manager for our IT group in 2006, our existing manager was let go and one of us decided to step up. <laughs> it was me. Uh, I was I was in way over my head. I'd never been a first level manager before, but I was blessed to be mentored by a gentleman by the name of Mark Horseman, who is the co-founder of Manager Tools, popular podcast, popular website, uh, wonderful company. And I it was like drinking from a fire hose. (laughs) He was intense, Uh, but it it was it was very well done. And I, I very I did that for about 18 months. And very thankful for that experience. I now know, even though I'm an individual contributor, I know that mindset that managers and directors have. And I continue to listen to their both their podcasts today. Uh, more recently, about a year ago, we were encouraged at ServiceNow to seek out mentorship. So I got paired, because of my aspirations and whatnot, with a gentleman named Sultan. He's a senior manager and director here at ServiceNow. And 
This was also the time that I was mentoring a developer as part of our developer uh, mentorship program uh, outside the company. Wonderful woman. We talked about family, talked about kids. We talked about her goals. She ended up going through a couple of job changes in that eight to 12 months that we were engaged. And, uh, you know, she ended up in a much happier place. So I am, I'm thankful for all of this help. Uh, it, it was wonderful. The, the uh, outside of this, I discovered that my role needs to evolve once again, to focus on the developer relations strategy for our team and for our company. Uh, I started reaching out. I've been recommended books. I'm discovering Slack channels and, and I want to get involved in this, this space, this community of communities, uh, things like creating internal relationships to ensure others in the company, sales, training, marketing, know, know what we do and the value of it, because we're not a, we're not a, a, a profit center. We're a cost center. And you always have to justify your work when you do that. Uh, but don't worry, I'll still be making content and going to conferences. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you know, you just talked about Slack. Like, yeah. is there any particular, uh, you know, that you can recommend that people should kind of follow or, or look at or join? Yeah, we've got the SN Dev Slack channel. So that's a great, uh, great on-demand community. I believe James mentioned this as well. The it, I, I call it the lava lamp of ServiceNow support because if you miss something yesterday, you probably won't see it today. Uh, it, it it just keeps going and going and going. But uh, we've also got, of course, the online community at servicenow.com slash community that has been there forever. Some of my original 2008 or 2009 posts are still out there. Uh, wow. One of them has a rather humorous answer from a former ServiceNow founder, Don Goodliff. Oh, wow. Uh, I, I forgot what I was asking. I, I, I had some question and he said, I asked if he could, he was available for a quick phone call. He said, no, we're not allowed to answer the phones. We live in a dark basement. And we yeah, it's like, wow, you're painting a pretty dark picture there, Don. <laughs> the company is nothing <laughs> like that, of course. Yeah, no, it's amazing. And, you know, um, you, you, talk, you talked about like the, the mentorship program that ServiceNow yeah. has. Does, is that, does that still exist? It does. We are, we are revamping it, uh, scaling it up because it was the uh, developer's uh, exclusively last year, and we're trying to make that more of a community-wide thing. Uh, it was it was radically more successful than we had anticipated. So, uh, it took a few more resources than we had available. We want to make sure that we we do it properly this time. Yeah, and so if anybody wants to be get get mentored, you know, how can they put themselves forward to say, "Hey, can you mentor me?" Like, how how can that happen? We're, we're working on it both from the mentor and the mentee position. We don't have anything available right now that I can point you to a URL, but it's, it's coming. That's a 2024 goal of ours is to resurrect. Oh, that. wow. Yeah. Oh, amazing. That's wonderful. And you know what, just kind of talking about, um, you know, people that are sort of new to the industry and service now who are establishing themselves, mm -hmm. what key skills or areas of expertise, um, would you recommend that they should develop to help enhance their career prospects and, and stand out in the industry as well? Yeah, top of the list has to be communications on my list, uh, both giving and receiving. When you're, when you're giving that communication, know your audience. For example, if you're talking to somebody higher up in the organization, keep it short. <laughs> if, if Bill McDermott were to ask me what's the status of the mentorship program today, I'd say, we're working on it. Everything looks good. It's on the docket. And if he wants more information, he'll ask for it. Uh, I like yeah. to call this the, uh, if you're writing, 
or or even saying this, uh, the acronym is BLUFF. Keep the bottom line up front. Regardless of whether it's written or spoken, start with your point. Don't bury that lead. Uh, let them know in the email, even if it's half a page long, you say, I need your input on this or uh, could you help me escalate this? It's just some way to let them know what's going on because I've been caught by this. You've been caught by this. You read through this multi-paragraph email going, what? Yeah, it's nice background information, but get to the point. I have no idea what you're asking for. <laughs> <laughs> That's great advice, that is. So, yeah, amazing. And, you know, uh, like, what's your feelings about, or should I say your thoughts about the ServiceNow certifications? Like, which certifications would you recommend for those starting out and looking to enhance their careers? So, like many other industry certifications, these are important. Uh, Again, I'm going to sound a lot like James. <laughs> it's, they, they, they can validate you when you're just starting out. You want to prove you've been trained and your training is current. They can also differentiate you from the competition. It, let's say you and another hiring candidate both have three years of roughly the same experience. I know everybody, all things being equal and they never are, but let's assume they, they're pretty darn close at this point. Uh, you've got three certs that they don't. That's something that a hiring manager is going to take note of. That, that puts you just a notch above. Uh, they can prove to your hiring manager or your client that you've kept up to date. Those, those uh, deltas are very important. Uh, you certainly wouldn't want me doing your ITSM implementation because you know that knowledge has, has long since sailed. Uh, yeah, I think I was last doing that in 2013 and expired. Uh, as for <laughs> which ones, it's a bit like asking what degree you should get in college. Uh, some is context slash career slash opportunity dependent. Like, what are you being asked to do? What work is coming your way? Uh, what are you interested in? So definitely you want to get that certified sysadmin, the CSA for sure. That's that's your baseline. And again, to, to repeat after James, the ITSM implementation specialist is a good follow-up. Gives you the, the core skills to understand processes and how they're hooked together and implementations. Uh, next is up to you. I mean, it could be customer service management, CSM, could be HRSD, could be app dev. Uh, it's, it's, it's your call based on your interests and your potential job opportunities. Yeah, that's great advice. And, you know, I think that is really important as well is that the interest needs to be there because it will make the learning so much more fun uh, and you'll enjoy it. And it's it will make it easy for you as well, which is great. So and, you know, just kind of going back to the learning kind of side of things. I know we touched upon this earlier, but ServiceNow is rapidly evolving. You know, it's got new features, it's got new updates. Uh, I mean, with AI as well coming in, how can people, young professionals, but anybody who's been in ServiceNow for 10 years or so, how can they stay up to date with the latest advancements and just make sure their skills remain relevant and in demand? Yeah, no surprise, now learning. There's always new content there to keep up. We've, we're starting the generative AI controller, I believe, is now available out there. So you can learn about the AI features as they become available. There's, there's going to be a little lag. You got to give us time to, to get, the, get the release solidified and then process it into training materials and then validate it and release it. But that's a great way to do it. Now learning. There's also now community. 
where you can share and learn with friends. I mentioned that before. Great online community and referenceable for well, 15 years at least. Uh, I mentioned the SN Dev Slack server. We've also got developer meetups. Great way to get in person or virtual. Some are we've got a mixed mixed breed right now because it's the modern world we live in. The developer meetups are are more towards the developer side, uh, but we've got the ServiceNow user groups too. If you want to expand outside of that and learn more about the process or what somebody's HRSD journey looks like and how they dealt with this, that, or the other thing. So those in-person meetups and user groups are a great way to go. And I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, do a shameless plug for TechNow. We do the platform, app engine, and automation engine features. All of that we can fit in within an hour. We do that twice a year. The next one is scheduled for February 1st, 2024 to align with the early availability of the Washington, D.C. release. Uh, and then wow. we'll follow up with videos and blogs and podcasts for the next couple of months with deep dives on that. And of course, yeah. you know, there's the release notes. You, you, you got to know about the release notes. I, I know that sounds intimidating. There's a lot of release notes, but just know what they say about eating the elephant, you know, one bite at a time, dig into what you're first engaged with me. I look for platform app engine, automation engine, uh, and, and I get into those. And then I start to discover other things that are outside of that. Yeah, that's great advice. And you know, for example, the developer meetups, like what happens in there? That's obviously face-to-face, -face, right? That's a, yep. a, it's not a remote thing. So what, what what do you guys kind of talk about and discuss on those meetups? It it could be anything. It, it really is up to the organizer as long as it's ServiceNow focused. We, we, we support, but we don't uh, dictate what needs to be done or said. For example, Vancouver just came out. So I make the TechNow deck available if anybody wants to cover that. Uh, if people want to get together at a pub and just talk shop, that's fine too. I, I don't encourage that you know, every meetup because you know it gets allowed and you can't really. Uh, one of the most rewarding ones that I ever had was here in Phoenix. Gentleman said, look, I'm new to scripting. I wrote this 150 line script include. Let's go over it. I want to learn more. I want to learn where I can do better. And we introduced him things like system properties. He didn't know how to interact with that. Uh, so it was just a good learning and growing session. You never assume that everybody knows everything, but if somebody's willing to put themselves out there and share what they've just learned or expose themselves to be open to learn more, that's, that's a great way to go too. Uh, we played at, at, at the ones for the world forums. We played a game of jeopardy that I'd written on service. Now partway through, we stopped and said, here's how the app was built. You know, they go, Oh, I didn't realize you could do that. This and the other thing. Uh, you know, players are on a many to many table with the games and the cards and the, it was, it, so we exposed them to the architecture and then we got back to learning because when you see an acronym or a picture and it's, it, it says, this was, this was the original, this, this building had the nickname uh, of, of what for the original ServiceNow office in Solana Beach, California. And nobody knew. Well, now they know it's called the wooden spaceship. So we had fun learning both technical and historical in some respects yeah yeah that sounds fantastic so brilliant and you know look Chuck I have to always bring it back to this but you know you are so well known you are so well respected you know within the community and, and having t spent time with you today as well and you know you 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 really have that aura around you you know where it's so engaging um and you know I think it's important to to for for especially for 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 new people is to balance that ambition yeah. and be humble at the same time right so how have you managed to stay so grounded right and maintain humility whilst achieving all of this amazing success 
the first thing is 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 believe in yourself. Uh, you were you were put in this position because somebody believed in you and your potential. So lean into that. Trust yourself. I know we all make mistakes, and if you make a mistake, own up to it quickly first, and then learn from that. Uh, one of the questions we like to ask on the Breakpoint podcast now is: Give me an example of a time you did something that you thought you were going to get fired for. And and it, it's often things that you know you think are so egregious, your, your career is over, you'll be shunned from the ecosystem. They rarely are because managers and directors know. Yeah. Look, my my case was thirty years ago. I lost three quarters of a million dollars in labor on lost software because the backups didn't work as I expected. I wasn't fired. I was put in charge of backups for the next ten years. So that was my punishment. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow <laughs> that's amazing and you know uh, you know just talking about that actually because you know for some people they might find it quite uh you know it, it really sort of sets their confidence back right so I know you were lucky enough they put you in charge of backups but for a lot of other people they're probably thinking oh god I can't face going into work you know I, I think mental health is such a big topic these days you know yeah. so but also emotional well-being it's so critical for for having a success how do you personally prioritize your self-care and and manage stress or, or burnout in quite a demanding role i would say is there any practices or habits that you follow that you can share with everyone uh you know i get asked about this wellness thing so often it's, it's starting to bother me that that question alone stresses <laughs> me out how's your well-being how's your like, stop already. I'm fine. Go away. You're making me stressed out. Uh, I, I, I find the times when I'm most productive. For me, that's early in the morning, often before other people get up and start moving around. I can clean out that inbox and line up my daily tasks and appointments, understand what's coming at me, even get a jump start on those and say, you know what? I've got an extra hour. Let's, let's start editing that podcast or let's start scripting that next video. Or what's on my goals that I need to pay attention to that just needs a little bit of uh, CPU power right now. So early morning is the time for me on that. And I save the mindless stuff like expense reports. That's that's Friday afternoon. My, my brain is shot. You know, instead of sitting on the couch and starting Netflix, I'll I'll do that expense report because I know it needs to be done. Uh, I, I also take breaks during the day. So. I'm not I, I'm not punching a clock. I know there are people that need to account for their hours on a very, very uh, strict. If you're a consultant, you get your, your time is your your property. Uh, my job, I'm more focused on goals, objectives and what are those target dates? I, I realize as we record this, Q4 is now half done and I knew that was going to happen. So I got as much done in late September and early October before I went on the road and, and started those the, those chain of events happening. So that I wouldn't blink twice and go, oh, it's it's the holidays. Now we're in December. And oh, my gosh, what happened? Because it's so easy to do, especially this time of year. So I keep focus on those goals and target dates, at least on a weekly basis, going, what's my next week need to focus on? Right now, I need to get watching the Washington release features so that I can put together that uh, tech now that's coming up. That due date is not moving. Yeah, amazing. And I think it's great because you are kind of like living in the present as well, right? So yeah. it's all about, yeah, that's great. So brilliant. Well, look, Chuck, look, I have to ask you this, right? It's my favorite question I ask every one of my guests. If you could go back in a time machine, and I am talking back to the future here, you know, and you could talk to your 21-year-old self, 
what advice would you give him? And this could be totally non-work related. Okay. So let's see. At 21, I had no kids. I had no girlfriend. I was still in college working on my last few semesters of my computer science degree. So I was doing pretty well in the comp sci stuff, but and electronics, not so much with that math minor that was required, but did what I needed to do to get by. So not a, not a straight A student. So if everybody thinks I know everything wrong, wrong, wrong. Uh, so aside from advice on which stocks to buy and sell, <laughs> which yeah. Yeah, that, you know, I think you mentioned the Marty McFly sports almanac thing. That would be fun. You know, be sure you buy Apple here and not there. Uh, I, I would say make time for family that is close. So, you know, my daughter currently lives in our guest house. I make sure that her and her husband, we, we, we get together occasionally. It's not just taking it for granted because I know that they won't always be there. Uh, this is, this is probably true of my age, but it's true for anyone at any age. If, if your friends are not nearby or your family is not nearby, stay in touch with them. You won't have them forever. As, as I get older, they're, they're starting to drop like flies and you know, it could be a, a, just a bad car accident that takes someone from your life or uh, a lingering illness, but make sure you stay in touch with them. It, it is so precious. I, I, I don't want to leave on a dark note. So let's, uh, let's go back to younger Chuck. I'd say challenging times are coming. You'll get through them. Fear not. Uh, good things are coming. So enjoy the ride and, and you're going to be blown away at what's to come. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And you know what? Going back, I know you said oh, it was a bit of a dark thing to say, but can I just add to that? I did hear a quote from somebody who said, live your life as if it really is your last day, yeah. because that is the key to happiness. Because if you if you realize that you're not immortal and you actually are mortal and there is going to be a day that you will sort of die, <laughs> you know, as grim as it sounds, yep. you will then think I haven't got time to be unhappy and miserable I've I haven't got time to do that because I've got to live my best life so yeah it's it's definitely it's definitely something that I live by uh, for sure so yeah and it really does change your perspective which is amazing so yeah look Chuck it's been amazing to talk to you and so for Thank anybody you. like I was lucky enough to meet you in London in the, in the world forum for anyone that wants to see you in person like where are you going to be what's your plans uh, I have one more meetup in Charlotte, North Carolina on November 30th of 2023. There's some PTO coming up in January, February. I don't have any definite plans for Q1 and Q2 travel yet, but there's always Knowledge24 in May in Las Vegas. I know. How exciting. And have you? Uh, do you know what you're doing at the moment in Vegas or is that still being planned out? Still being planned out. We are, we wow. are close. Uh, there's, there's going to be some evolutionary change to my schedule and what I do, but I still want to be able to focus on being on that keynote stage and sharing the excitement and, and seeing everybody who will be there. It's just, I, I, I want to do everything all at once. It, I would love yeah. to be part of that hackathon. I would love to be part of all of the meetups that go on and you know, drive about a dozen different hands-on labs, but obviously that's not realistic, but we got to do what we got to do. <laughs> Yeah, you got to like clone yourself, right? You must have some twin brothers somewhere around. So no, it's amazing. Well, look, Chuck, it's been an absolute privilege. I've learned so much about you. And I know all the listeners will be so like proud to hear you talk about, you know, going quite deep into your background and your personal kind of journey. So thank you for sharing it with us. It's a real honor. 
You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure.